Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe and Sitting across from me is Tom Doran. You don't I, sound excited. I uh, know I'm. Thrilled. You kind of had it. it was a big sigh right before you said that. Uh, like, this is oh, another show. This is like show it. number 162. Yeah, whatever. Wow, man, I'm excited <laughs> by that. By the way, I can tell. 162. Not. That's like 80 hours of programming. That is pretty cool. You know, I couldn't talk for 80 hours. Well, apparently, I could. <laughs> yes, you could. But that's we all uh, know that, Jeff. That's why we love you. So we, but but we love doing this. This is a lot of fun. It is fun. And today we have a real original show. Uh oh. Yeah. Here, here it comes. <laughs> it's always the pun. The Wait play on words. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Wait uh, for it. We're going to talk about original sin. <laughs> yeah, original sin. There you go. The original sin. Adam the and way Eve. back. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, and. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people nowadays kind of want to deny that original sin ever existed. That it's kind of a construct, a social construct to kind of, I don't know, just explain away a lot of things, et, et, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. But I, I want to specifically talk about the Catholic teaching on original sin so that we're all kind of clear on what the church teaches about Good idea. original sin. And I guess to do that, we should talk about the original sin. Yes, we should. I mean, let's let's go into Scripture. Let's do it. All right, let's open up our Bibles here to Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall die. So God lays out the law. One tree. Yeah, just stay away from that tree. Just one. And, you know... A lot of people think, well, that's kind of ticky. That's kind of specific <laughs> on God's part, don't you think? Yeah. It, it'd be kind of like a parent saying to their kids, "Now, you know, I don't want you to, to I don't want you to open that drawer in the kitchen. <laughs> you can open up any drawer in the kitchen. Don't the open whole up house, that. as a matter of fact. Well, but the, the point is, why an arbitrary tree? Yeah, and and that's the problem. If we look at it from the perspective of it being an arbitrary tree. Mm-hmm. Then we're making a mistake, and we can fall into a trap of thinking, "Well, that's just God." I don't know. I need a law so uh, nobody can wear blue right. on Wednesdays. Right. <laughs> you know, that's that's and 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 then when that sin takes place, when someone wears blue on a Wednesday, then everybody else gets punished because Tom Dorian wore blue. Wore blue on Tom. You knew that was the rule, man. <laughs> you, you you ruined it. Hosted it for everybody. Right. And and the point being, we should look at at what took place. Why was it that God didn't want them to eat of that, the fruit of that tree right. specifically? Right. And, and that tells us a lot about that original sin. Right. Because if someone says, what was the original sin? Right. We got to classify it somehow. And a lot of people think, well, that's when they, Adam and Eve ate of that fruit. Right. That wasn't the sin. I mean, it was sinful. Right. They disobeyed God. Essentially, it's, it's the sin of pride. Right. They they did what they wanted to do. And if you look at that particular tree, let's look specifically what, what the Lord said, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is this is essentially this is essentially the knowledge that God has. Right. And so what happens is in original sin, in that sin, Adam and Eve said, We want the knowledge of God. Right. 
essentially, we want to be gods. Exactly. I mean, they didn't use those words, but essentially, they wanted to be gods. It was the sin of pride. It's like, we don't need God because we can eat of that fruit and we'll be just like God. Yeah. What do we need him for? Now, again, they didn't express it that way, but that's essentially what happened. Yeah. Now, what happens now is that that wasn't an isolated event. It kind of made God mad. Just a little. Just a, a teensy bit. Don't want to do that either. Yeah, God was disappointed. And so what you what you look at then is is what was caused by that particular action on the part of of Adam and Eve. And in Genesis chapter three, and to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. And so we see mortality come into the world. We see death. Right. God said, well, you wanted the knowledge? Payao. Yeah, there you it. go. <laughs> you, you, You're going to know death. You're going to know right. it all. The, and, and so that's what happens. Yeah. So there was a consequence to it. Now, the difficulty becomes when people think, well, that was just Adam's fault or Eve's fault or whoever. Well, of course, Adam liked to blame Eve. Right. You know, he said Nobody to God, wants to take responsibility. It was the woman that you gave me. <laughs> yeah, they're all pointing in different directions. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> it's your fault. That's right. But ultimately, it was the sin of pride. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think, well, that was actually isolated to Adam and Eve. That doesn't have any effect on anybody else. Why should I be blamed for something that guy did? Right. But when death enters the world, it, it enters the world for all mankind, for everybody that followed. Right. Right. And so in that event, now we see the the effect of original sin. Right. Essentially, now original sin is emblazoned on our hearts. It's carried with us. Right. And we, we are all uh, received the same punishment or uh, we're all tasked with this same responsibility of death. Right. That we're all going to die because of what Adam and Eve did. Yeah. Right? That's original sin. Now, there's a there's a problem in that people think that uh, you know, did he just eat from the wrong restaurant? You know, uh, did, he get, did he choose Taco Bell instead of, uh, you know, McDonald's or whatever? Right. Not that I'm, I'm advocating any of those restaurants. Right. Uh, Even though you have a Taco Bell. Taco no, no, right not at the Catholic you. Cafe. I mean, yeah, <laughs> eat pancakes. Uh, right. But anyway. It's, it's not that simple. This sin of pride is something that plagues us even today. And so even if someone says, well, I'm not tainted by original sin, mm-hmm. or they deny that original sin is something that is carried on through the generations, still we have that same sin of pride, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much in almost every single sinful act that we do. Oh, yeah. Everything that's wrong with the world, you can trace back to original sin. You can trace back to this idea or this concept of pride. Yeah. To that original sin. And, and, and that's, that's an important thing to understand because even if someone says, well, if you look at the sin of, um, I don't know, contraception. Yeah. Well, again, we're playing God. We're deciding yeah. when or when we should not have children. Right. We're not letting God make that decision. Yeah. And Good we're not point. open to life at that point. We're, we're choosing for ourselves. Yeah. Right. Uh, when, you, when, you, when you murder, when you kill, when you have an abortion, when you, uh, when you steal, when you do all these things, it's, it's you're doing things that you want, right? You're putting yourself, your needs, your desires, your immediate 
wants and needs before what God would have you do or before anybody else. Right. It, it's a selfish desire. Right. Which is a sin of pride. Mm-hmm. Right. It's all about me. Mm-hmm. Now, so I know on this show you never say, Deacon Jeff, it's all about you. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> I would never say that. Of course you wouldn't. Never on the show. <laughs> Maybe off it, the show. Yeah, in the break. <laughs> but I guess the, the, the point being we all have to realize that this – uh, this original sin mm-hmm. is something that's carried with us, and all of us. And there's a big word we have to we have to use. That I want to define here, and this big word is concupiscence. Right. Yeah, it's not something just rolls off the tongue. No. And I that's don't like to use to bring all right the. There. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, it might big be a word. fifty cent word because that's a that big one, concupiscence. And it's not something they just uh, use in everyday conversation. It's at least two syllables in there. When you were at, at Lefty's Lefty's Sports Bar the other day, oh man, what watching a plug. the basketball game, what a plug. Right. So you're sitting there and. Uh, did you talk about concupiscence with the bartender? <laughs> no. You know what? That didn't come up. It didn't. I'm shocked. But it probably did, but you didn't talk about it. You didn't use that word to describe it. No. Concupiscence <laughs> is is our desire to sin. It's that draw to sin. Right. We all have concupiscence. We all have, because of original sin, because of that fallen nature that we are born into, right? Yep. This, we're in a fallen world. Yep. Because of the fall, because of original sin, all of us are drawn towards sin we're drawn towards pride we're we're drawn away from god it's a natural tendency of us to sin yeah it's how we can go to confession right and everything feels great and you walk out of the confessional and then all of a sudden you see that pretty girl walking by it's and like, man why are you doing what that? happened there <laughs> that's concupiscence that's a, right. that's our our immediate we're, we're drawn to that mm-hmm. now so when we have concupiscence, we have to understand that comes from original sin. That comes from the sin of our first parents. And a lot of people, again, want to deny that. And they want to look for all these reasons. And we'll look at societal reasons or economic reasons or whatever for our sinfulness. But essentially it comes to us from the sin of Adam and Eve. Yep. And that's an important, important distinction to make. Because, again, from a sociological or uh, anthropological or uh, from a scientific point of view... Science would tell you, you know, God, religion has nothing to do with any of this stuff. Yeah. That essentially all this stuff is just, you know, it's, it's about society, environment, how you were raised and what you're taught. And, and those are all factors that come into play. But we have to remember that there is deep down inside that draw mm-hmm. to sin. Yep. There's that, that, that I mean, it's a, it's a, a disordered desire to sin. I mean, yeah. we, we, can't, we can't excuse ourselves of that. Right. We can't divorce ourselves of that. Um, and what I do want to do is read from the Catechism, paragraph 403, that talks about the church's teaching on original sin. Following St. Paul, the church has always taught that the overwhelming misery which oppresses men and their inclination towards evil and death cannot be understood apart from their connection with Adam's sin and the fact that he has transmitted to us a sin which we are all born afflicted. A sin which is the death of the soul. Because of this certainty of faith, the church baptizes for the remission of sins, even tiny infants who have not committed personal sin. And that's going to lead us to our next topic. And that is the answer, the antidote to original sin. And we're going to do that right after we we have this break. Can't wait. Before we do that, I do want to talk about, send me an email. I want to tell people to send me an email. Tell me about what's going on in your life, any topics you want us to cover here. But also go to our website, www.thecatholiccafe.com, and my email address is 
Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Come and visit us on the web. We'd really like to hear from you. Uh, and uh, so with that, I think it would be a sin not to come back. You think just a venial sin. There you go. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. In the year 203 A.D., a young Christian woman was martyred for her belief in Jesus Christ. Her name was Perpetua. She, along with several members of her household, converted from the pagan religion of her father to Christianity. St. Perpetua was married and had a young son, and in most respects had a normal life in the Roman city of Carthage. While imprisoned, St. Perpetua wrote a first-hand account of her suffering. It is a testament to the suffering the early Christians had to endure to live their Catholic faith. During the reign of Emperor Septimus Severus, all subjects of the Roman Empire were strictly forbidden from becoming Christians or Jews. This law was mainly aimed at keeping more Roman citizens from converting. Under this decree, Perpetua and her companions were arrested and thrown into jail. As a new mother, St. Perpetua was separated from her baby, which caused her extreme suffering, she wrote. Such anxieties I suffered for many days, but I obtained leave for my baby to remain in the prison with me, and, being relieved of my trouble and anxiety for him, I at once recovered my health, and my prison suddenly became a palace to me, and I would rather have been there than anywhere else. St. Perpetua's father begged her to forsake her Christian beliefs for the sake of her family's honor. According to St. Perpetua, her father said, Daughter, pity my white hairs. Pity your father if I am worthy to be called father by you, if I have brought you up to this your prime of life, if I have preferred you to your brothers. Make me not a reproach to men. Look on your mother and on your mother's sister, Look upon your son who cannot live after you are gone. Lay aside your pride. Do not ruin us all, for none of us will ever speak freely again if anything happens to you. Despite her father's objections, St. Perpetua held fast to Christ. Even through the intense family pressures and the terrible suffering she had to endure, about her father she wrote, I comforted him saying, It shall happen as God shall choose, for assuredly we lie not in our own power, but in the power of God. After many visions of heaven, the devil, and her final end, Perpetual was taken to the amphitheater to be martyred. For her love for her son, she is the patron of expectant mothers. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and we are talking about original sin. Dun, dun, dun. That's exactly right. In fact, I probably should stop eating this donut because it's not—it's wrong to have a donut when you're talking about sin. Well, especially the size of that one. Yeah. <laughs> we that have large donuts here at the Catholic Cafe. Come and visit us. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm not it's having like sprinkles. I'm not having sprinkles because like it's cake. Lent. All right, so... Here we are. Yes. We're talking about original sin. We just, we just, the the Catholic Church in 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 her beautiful catechism, right, just told us the antidote to original sin. Speaking of that, the Church's teachings, the Catholic Church's teachings on that, would that be would they be different 
than the Protestant churches, some of the Protestant churches? Do you, some do you even of the churches, well, for the, for the majority of churches, mm-hmm. the vast majority of churches teach an original sin. They teach that, that Adam sinned and this caused death and brought death to the world. I think the vast majority of churches will teach the same thing. Where we get into trouble is the people who aren't going to church regularly, who aren't, who are listening to the world and listening to that, uh, that voice, mm-hmm. which can be very loud, right? And then they're kind of getting confused. Mm-hmm. And so this is probably a good opportunity before we start talking about the antidote to original sin, which we will talk about, Okay, is to talk about this concept that, well, okay, that was Adam and Eve, but that wasn't me. or And then they can come up scientifically with other reasons right. why I'm not included in that and why original sin didn't happen. Okay. And, and this is important to understand. We, uh, two more. Uh, we had one big word, concupiscence. Right. Uh, two more big words. Okay. Right. I'm braced. That's right. One is polygenism. Well, there you have it. Yeah, and the other is monogenism. Okay. <laughs> right. So one sounds like it, it goes on your dentures. Many and one. <laughs> and the other one sounds like it's a disease you get from kissing. So the two of these different things, it's, it's actually neither of those. Polygenism and, and monogenism. And so what we'll talk about is those people who will claim that, wait a second, if you look at Scripture, and some of, some of the other churches will teach this, if you look at Scripture, it speaks of people other than Adam and Eve, like right. a group of people somewhere else other than the Bible, right. where it's like on, uh, you know, to the east of Eden. Right. And you think, well, wait a second. If those people exist, then obviously there are people other than Adam and Eve that Adam and Eve weren't the original two first parents. Oh, I see what you're saying. So yeah. I came from them. I didn't come from Adam and Eve. That's right. Exactly right. You talk about some yeah. some serious class warfare going on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, privileged class would be, oh, uh, you know, you, the sinner, you were born must be from the lineage of Adam. Exactly. Whereas I was from the lineage of the land of Nod, right. and we didn't sin over there. So we right. didn't have, we didn't share in that original sin. And that's that's a problem. Let's, let's look at some of those scriptures so we can right. kind of see where that starts to come from. First... Just to support the Catholic Church's teaching, okay. right? We have in the book of Genesis, we have chapter 3, verse 20, and it says specifically, the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Okay, so scripture tells us that Eve was the mother of all living. Where we get into the tru- in trouble is where we, we turn the page, right? And we head to chapter 4, verses 15 through 17, and we find out, well, let's just a little synopsis here. Adam and Eve had Cain and Abel. Right. Cain and Abel got into it. Just Cain, a little. Yeah. Cain kills Abel. Right. So Abel gets banished. Right. right. So, and then as a punishment, God says no one's going to harm Cain. He has to live with his sin. Right. In fact, specifically he says in uh, Genesis uh, chapter 4, verses 15 through 17, if anyone slays Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who come upon him should kill him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Okay. So theoretically, at this point, it's just one page. We just turned one page. Right. We have Adam and Eve, Mm -hmm. Cain and Abel, and those are the only four people around. Cain kills Abel, so it should be just three people. So here's God laying this mark on Cain and saying, if anyone... And and so now you have these uh, biblical scholars, but also these fundamentalists, these literalists saying, go, okay, wait a second, who is that? Yeah, who is anyone? Well, anyone must be Adam and Eve. Well, that right. doesn't make sense. Right. Hold on, this is getting crazy. And then he goes and lives in the land of Nod, east and, of Eden. Right. And it says, the very next line in 17 says, 
Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. And he built a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. Okay. Wait, we're building cities? Well, first of all, he knew his wife. Where did his wife come from? From the land of Nod, from the other people. Right. And so here's where you get into trouble. Some people will look at that and go, well, certainly what that means is there were people that did not come from Adam and Eve. Right. That there are people that came from the land of Nod or somewhere else. Mm Mm-hmm. And so this is called polygenism. Mm-hmm. This is where you you are teaching that Adam and Eve were just two people in a large group of people. Mm-hmm. Polygenism, right? Right. Uh, many people. So that that Adam and Eve were just they were just two folks in right. a in a big group of people. Right. And that those two people, Adam and Eve, sinned. Right. Right. Now you get into trouble because wait a second. If we all are ancestors of Adam and Eve, then we all carry this mark of this this sin mm-hmm. with us. Mm-hmm. This is what original sin is. Mm-hmm. However, if we believe in polygenism, there is a theoretically the possibility, Tom, that you came from the lineage of the land of Nod. There you have it. And that you uh, you don't have the stain of original sin. Explain so there is so there is <laughs> so that your hello's slipping over there. It's exactly. kind of tilting off. So there is there is this possibility that there is no original sin for some people. Right. And this idea of concupiscence is actually, well, that's not true. It can't be true. Yeah. But the Catholic Church's teaching is monogenism. Mm-hmm. And that is we teach that we came from those two parents. And here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible can be or is allegorical, the, the Catholic Church teaches that you can interpret and look at the Bible from an allegorical perspective. And, and all that simple. We have lots of big words today, by the way. It's great. Concupiscence, monogenism, polygenism, allegorical. So an allegorical interpretation of the Bible is that you can look at the Bible and you can, you can see a story being told. Right. And the details of the story may not be true. They may be basically they're conveying a truth. A point that is that is undeniable, that is that an underlying truth that is to be held by all. Yeah. Right? So a truth is revealed in this story. Some people believe that about Noah's Ark. Did did that actually happen the way it the way it said? Some people believe absolutely that it did, and the Catholic Church would teach you're you're fine to believe that. Yeah. You're fine to believe that Adam and Eve were their names, um, and which by the way, Adam just means man and Eve just means mother of all. Right? right. So you're fine to believe that. You're fine to believe that they ate an apple. Yeah. That there was a there was an actual serpent Snake talking to him. You, you can believe all those things literally if you'd like to, and the yeah. Catholic Church says that's fine. Right, but you can also believe well, it didn't exactly happen that way, and maybe they looked a little different. Uh, maybe they looked a little more ape-like or, or or whatever. And the Church says that's fine. You can believe that. Just understand that their souls were created by God in His image and likeness, uniquely. That those two souls together were the the procreators of all. Right. That everyone followed in their footsteps. And so th- those two souls, what, what happened to those two souls, that sin was carried on to everyone else. Yeah. That's monogenism. Right. That we had the same two first parents. Yep. And that's all the Catholic Church asks us to believe. Do we believe literally that's exactly what happened and how it happened? The answer is we don't have to, but you can. Yep. So this is important. So other churches, some believe original sin. The Catholic Church teaches absolutely an original sin. This is why we baptize. Yep. And see, this is the antidote. And what's so beautiful is in that moment of sin, in that the, the time when basically when God's yelling at everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> because of what they did and laying down the, the punishment, mm-hmm. 
at the same exact time, he has the most beautiful thing, the most beautiful gift he gives the world at that point. It's called the Proto-Evangelium. Another big, fancy word. Cool so, stuff. That's five on the, on the list today. Wow. Proto-Evangelium. And that just means first gospel. This is the gospel that preceded the four gospels of the New Testament. Okay. This is the gospel of basically of salvation. And, and God says in this Proto-Evangelium, which is uh, chapter 3, verse 15, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And he's talking about the Savior. He's talking about Jesus being born of the woman. Right. Coming from, you can look at it from the perspective of coming out of Israel, uh, the woman being Israel, but you can also look at the woman being Mary. And we see that in the Catholic tradition, the woman being Mary mm-hmm. and being Israel. And we see this beautiful gift of the Savior coming to reconcile, to, to stand on the head of, of the serpent. Right. And all you're going to do is you're going to bite, you're going to bruise his heel. You're not going to kill him. You're yeah. going to bruise his heel. And this is the crucifixion. And so we see in that simple passage the plan of salvation laid out for us. Yeah. So that's beautiful that even in our sinfulness, God says, I love you so much. I'm yeah. going to have to bring this guy in here to say things. But you guys, just you're wearing, wearing me out. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you know, have you heard your mom say that before? Oh, you yeah. Guys are, but, and still she makes you dinner. Yeah, yeah, because she loves you. Yeah, exactly. So here's here is this beautiful gift. It is beautiful that he gives us, and and we have to remind ourselves um, just constantly that that God loves us um, incredibly, and that we in need spite to realize of our sinful nature exactly, exactly. And that baptism that's what that's what does it all for us. Yeah, that's what initiates our relationship with God. It erases all original sin. That's what we teach about baptism. We have a great show, a couple of shows on the Catholic Cafe that you can look at in our archives section, in our listen section, and you can find out what, uh, what we teach about baptism. But one of the things, one of the great things that baptism does is it erases original sin. All that, that sin is gone. It's good stuff. Now, the concupiscence is still there. That draw to sin is still there. So we have to be aware always that we need to care for ourselves, care for our souls. We need to live saintly lives. We do. Right? We do. Well, speaking of living saintly lives, why don't we pray? Good idea. And in this uh, and then this discussion about original sin. Do it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the gifts you've given us, most especially the gift of your son Jesus, sent to overcome the death caused by original sin, sent to reconcile us to you for all times. Help us to open our hearts to our one and only true Savior, Jesus Christ. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. For more information, visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You'll find many links to Catholic resources on the web. You can also listen to previous shows online, download MP3s, or take advantage of our podcast feature. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stein, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.